Uh, okay. Uh, again, as always, uh, today's learning should be Ramayusha Menachem Alevi. Um, okay. Rab Tadaf Samach Aleph Amid Beis. The last thing we did was we referenced the Machlekes. We're continuing the discussion of Tamun Beish. Of the Machlekes of Yehud and the Rabbanon of Tamun Beish. And the last thing we did yesterday was we referenced the Machlekes as to when do they argue. Do they only argue when it's when you started the fire in your property and went into your friend's property? Or do they even argue in a case where you made the fire in your friend's property as well? Okay, that was that was what we referenced yesterday. Tan Rabbanon, Hamadli Sagadish. If you set a fire to a stack of grain, and inside the grain there were things hidden, utensils hidden. So Rav Yehuda Lashitasa, who holds that for he says, you have to pay for everything, both the grain and the kalim, very easy. And you only pay for the grain. Now, by the way, you have to pay, what about, let's say, so you have grain that covers over uh, a washing machine. So the Rabbana and hold, you're not paying for the washing machine. But you have to pay for the amount of the airspace of the washing machine. You have to pay as if it was grain. Which is less. Yeah, well, much less. But the point is, you still have to pay for that. You could look at it as the Rabbana would just say, like, minus it. The answer is no. Replace that item, that keili, with, with, with the volume of grain. The Gemara says, And you look at the space that the vessel took up as if it was completely um, filled up by grain. Okay. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's if it's a, from a lack of knowledge. That could be what the pasuk is is like. That's the basic understanding of it. But even but once that's the rule, I meaning I think that's the standardized rule. The rule is that because the average person does not put kalim under the kaddish, but the if it. Is a pile. Uh, but I, I think that, that that's the standard ruling, and therefore once that's the rule, it's exer sakasiv that applies to even in situations where you are made aware of it. But that's why we did see in the Mishnah that if it's like a tower or like a house, you don't say it's Talmud because that's normal. So it, it has to do with what's normal. My point is, even if you happen to be like, I know my friend, my friend's crazy. He definitely put like a washing machine in the in the in the grain. I don't think that that makes a difference, to my knowledge. Now, we are going to see the opposite. Right now, we're going to see the opposite. What if, what, what would Rav Yehuda say in the situation where you say to someone, hey, can I please leave Tvua in your backyard? I'm just leaving Tvua. And you don't, and you don't mention the grain, you don't mention the, 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 the kalim, then even Rav Yehuda holds you don't have to pay for kalim. Because there's one thing, listen, if I make a fire and it goes to your backyard, burns down a stack of grain, happens to be in there, you have a clee, if you, this is you got to pay for it. But if you ask me, hey Avi, can you pl- can I please leave uh, Tvua in your backyard? And I've just accepted the responsibility for Tvua. You happen to be a weirdo and put a kli in there. I'm not paying for that. Lukuliyama, I'm not paying for that. So the Gemara says, When is this true? When is it true when you made a fire in your backyard and it went to your friend's backyard and consumed it? But if you make a fire in your friend's backyard, you have to pay for the kalim. That was a reference to what we had yesterday. Okay. So we have a machlek, this is Haman Beish. So again, so over here we're saying that if you made the fire in the guy's house, then, then he's got to pay for the refrigerator. Uh, 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 either the refrigerator or the way Rava would explain the Gemara for Kalem that's normal to be there. Yeah, but yes. 
Now, says the Gemara, Maidu Rav Yehuda, L'chacham, Rav Yehuda agrees to the Chacham, there are situations where he believes you do not have to pay for Tam and Beish. And what is that case? And that case is exactly what I said before, which is, B'mashil makam l'chaveir l'hagdish gedish. Which is, Gavin calls me up and he says, hey, listen, can I leave Tvu in your backyard? I say, sure. And he's like, you'll watch it? I'm like, yeah, yeah, don't, don't worry, I got it. And then inside that Tvu, he puts a Kli. I'm not paying for that. Lukuliyama, why? Because I accepted the responsibility of watching Tfua. I never accepted the responsibility of watching Kalim. So over there, that's a different Lukuliyama, you don't have to pay. So the Gemara says, And he put a Kli in there without my knowledge, and I'm the Shoimer. I'm not responsible to watch something that I don't know is there. You just pay for the grade. And that's Lukuliyama Lukhaladez. Right, that has nothing to do with the fire coming over this property. Oh, the fire was in my backyard. The point is, Gavin calls me up and says, hey, can I leave in your backyard? Can I leave Tvua? And I make a fire in my backyard and it burns down his Tvua. I have to pay for the Tvua. I'm not paying for the Kli because I, he never told me anything about the Kli. I never accepted that as a Shemira. I understand, but the guy made a fire in his backyard and extended over. Well, that's a different story. That's a different story. My point is, in this case specifically, where I accepted Shemira, I never accepted to be a Shoimer for, for Caleb. That's it. Now, similar to this, accepting Shemira... The Gemara has a couple other cases where you have a situation where I accepted A, you gave me B, I'm only paying for the cheaper one. Let's say, forget about Kalim, but let's say we know that wheat is more expensive than barley, right? So you say to me, hey, Avi, can I put uh, wheat in your backyard? And instead of wheat, you put barley. And it burns down. Or vice versa. You say barley and you put wheat. The halach is, I'm only paying for barley. If I, if I, I'll do what I accepted. What I accepted, if I, if I said uh, you're allowed to put barley there, you put wheat, I'm paying for barley. I accepted barley. I accepted that level of responsibility and that level of finance. I never accepted wheat. So the Gemara says, the following situations are Yehuda's mind, the following four cases. If let's say I said, hey, you could put wheat there, and he puts barley instead. So you know what happens? I walk back in my backyard, and I see a stack of barley, and I'm like, hmm. I thought, I, would be, I thought he'd put wheat. I guess he put barley. Okay, I'll accept barley. I'm accepting the lesser amount. I'm not paying for bar- wheat. I'm paying for barley. Similarly, the opposite. Let's say I told him, hey, you could put barley back there. He breaks the rules and put wheat. Puts wheat there. I accepted barley. If it burns down, I'll pay for barley. I'm not paying you for wheat. Obviously, a negligence. Third case, let's say he puts wheat, which he had permission, but he covered it up with barley. So the outer layer is barley, and then it burns down. I have to pay for barley. Why? Because I think the whole thing is barley. So I think I accepted what it is. We're always going to basically err on the side of uh, helping out the, the, the Baal HaShemer, basically. And the last one is, or the opposite. I accepted barley, and he put barley there, but he covered it with wheat. The halacha is, you only have to pay for barley. Because again, I accepted barley. That's the point. I will, even if you give me a more expensive item, if you give me wheat, but I accepted barley, I will pay for barley and not for wheat. The Gemara says, Okay, so you see from this sugi, by the way, that if you give me, I accepted A, you tell me, hey, Avi, can you watch A? And I say, sure. And you happen to give me B, much more valuable, I'm only paying for A. Like, that's it. Like, I'm paying for A. Like, if you give me, I say, I'll watch a silver cup. And you give me a gold cup instead, and there's negligence, and it burns down, whatever it is, I'm paying for silver. That's what I accepted. That's what you see from the sukkah. So the truth is, Rava said this. Rava had said, Amar Rava, Let's say you give a gold dinar, a gold, uh, a gold coin to a, a woman to, to watch. 
And when you hand it to her, you say, please watch this silver coin for me. Now you said silver. I understand it's gold. She accepted silver. Now what's the halacha? So we just got finished saying that if there's a pshia, she only has to pay for silver. Now, one quick point. That's only true if there's a negligence on her part. I mean, we're talking about a case where there's a fire. Let's say she takes the gold coin, she says, and she just tosses it into the river. Then you have to pay for gold. Because the reason over there is, when this whole sugya, this whole concept of like, I accepted the responsibility of barley and not wheat, that has to do with my level of shmira at, regarding vis-a-vis when it comes to negligence. If you're a mazik, if you damage someone, you got to pay for what you damage. You can't just take a baseball bat to a guy's car and it's a nice Tesla and you're like, I think it's a Buick. I think it's a Buick. Like, I don't care what you think. When your mazik be a daim, you got to pay for what your mazik. We're talking about a case of shmira, where I, what level of shmira did I accept? I accepted silver, not gold. So the case over here, you give a woman a gold coin and you say, hey, it's silver. So she accepts it as silver. His ikasa... No, no, so the Mepharshim just say because this is borrowed from a case in Kedushin where it was a case of Kedushin. Uh-huh. It's the same, uh, it's the same well, maybe, case. Maybe she sees that you know, you're, you're making... No, 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 I, I, don't and overthink it. No, 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 don't overthink it. This is just, it's the same okay. terminology from Kedushin. So, um, so it's just, it's the same terminology from Kedushin. But the point is like this, you give her a, a gold coin... Welcome back, buddy, it's good to see you. So you give a, someone a gold coin... You can't hear me? I could hear me. Um, I'm working. I think it's on your end. So the Gemara says like this. So you give her a gold coin, and you tell her it's silver. So again, for Shmira, she accepts Shmira. So it says the Gemara, if she takes the coin and mazik via daim, she throws it into the river, she has to pay for what she destroyed, which is gold. Because you could say to her, what did the coin do to you? Meaning, why are you being mazik me? When you're magic someone, you got to pay for what you did. It doesn't matter what they thought. But, Pasha boy, but let's say she was negligent in her Shmira, so then this is what we said before. It has to do with what she accepted as a Shimer. When you told her it's silver, I don't care what it looks like. She thinks in her mind it's silver. So she accepts to the responsibility of paying back silver in case there's negligence. Mishlam is Shel Kesef. because she could say to the owner, Natirusa de Kasba, keep it alive. I accepted the responsibility of watching silver. Natirusa de Dahavaloi, keep it alive. I never accepted the Shmira for gold. And the Gemara says this statement of Rava is very much similar to what we just had with the barley and the wheat. And the Gemara points this out. You teach in the name of Rava. The truth is, it's a brisa. We just got quoted this brisa. What did the brisa say? It's the same thing as the case. You give this person. Um, you say, I'm putting barley in your backyard, you end up putting wheat. What's the halacha? You only have to pay for barley. I, there's wheat there. The answer is, I accepted barley as a shimer. So she too accepted silver, not gold. Okay. Very interesting next sugya, which is going to take us till, the rest of the daf is actually very easy. Very interesting sugya. I'm a Rav. Rav says like this. Shamat milsel Rav Yehuda v'loyedanamayhi. Rav, it's very interesting. It's like something you could hear a person saying. Rav's like, I remember a Shaila being mentioned related to Rav Yehuda Shita about Tom and Beish. I don't remember what it was, though. Right? We've had Rav Yehuda Shita a couple times already, which is that you have to pay for something that was burnt if it was covered up by, by, uh, by grain. 
And Rav's like, I remember a Shaila being asked about Rav Yehuda Shita, but I don't remember what it was. Okay. So the Gemara responds, Amr Shmuel, Shmuel said to Rav, Lo Yoda Abba Mashmele, you don't remember? I remember. This is what the Shaila was. The Rav Yehuda Mechayi Valniski Tam Be'esh, Asu Takonas Benigzal Be'ishai, um, Actually, it wasn't a shayla. It was a statement. I'm sorry, it wasn't a shayla. He said, I heard a halachic statement related to Rav Yehuda. I don't remember what it was. He says, I remember what it was. It was that according to Rav Yehuda, that your mechayev for Taman Beish, we make takonas nigzel. Takonas nigzel is as follows. Okay. Let's say you, um, I give you a, a watch. It's a watch. I give you a lamp to watch. And it gets destroyed. You have to pay me for it. You're showing me you have to pay for it. How do you know the value of it? How do you know the value of it? So you got to, you, whoever's the owner of the lamp that wants the money has to prove the value. So you could prove it through pictures, documentation, agent, whatever it is, you got to prove. That's not the case by Gazela. By Gazela, if you come and steal my wallet and run away with it and you get caught, I could claim, as long as I'm willing to swear, as long as I swear under oath, Chazal were lenient that I could swear the contents of the item. Because also it's very, it's not fair. It's one thing by a Shmira, I could make sure when I give you an, a watch, if I give you a Rolex to watch, I'll make sure to have documentation, but the value will write it down before. Theft, you stole from me. So Chazal were, uh, wanted to protect the victim. And as you could make an oath about how much was stolen from you, I'm sure it's like this. Is it like this in, in, the, in the police? Like if you make a report, you could claim what was stolen, right? You claim what was stolen. Over here, you have to swear under oath. But if you swear under oath, he stole from me uh, jewelry worth $500, cash worth $300, and you swear under oath, he has to pay you that amount. That's called takonas nigzel. It's a takona by chazal to protect the victim. The question is, would Rav Yudu say the same thing about Tom? Uh, the, the, it's not a question. The statement is, Rav Yudu would say the same thing about Tom Beish. Which is, you burn down my field. I claim under the stack there was a washing machine and a dishwasher. I, I'm the, the pyromaniac. I, I was like, nah, prove it. He's like, I'm supposed to prove it. I didn't know I'd have to, I didn't know I'd have to have documentation. According to Rabbi Yehud, it's the same thing. If the victim swears under oath what was hidden there, he can collect. Okay. That's called takonas nigzel. Takonas nigzel. Also takonas nigzel bimoser eloi. What about Masira? Uh, Moiser, right? You're familiar with a Moiser. Now, a Moiser, nowadays, we just always talk about someone who calls the government for, like, life and death. But originally, the real Moiser was money. The real Moiser was money. It's just that money could lead to death. Like, we're, we talk, like, when you ask a Rav about Messira, they're going to think, like, could you call the cops on a pedophile? Like, that's the, the number one Shiloh they think of. The answer is, of course you could. It's not a Shiloh. But uh, that, that, that wasn't what the Shiloh originally. The Shiloh originally was, the classic case of Messira is... You call the government and say, he owes taxes. It was mostly money related. They would now swoop in, and because they weren't the most honest governments, they would take your taxes, they would imprison you, and they would take ransom, and, and, and sometimes even it would cost to the person's death. That's why a moiser would be like a roidif. That's why also Masira, uh, uh, it's a shail of whether it applies in America or places that have a just system somewhat, a just system. No, you know what I mean. I'm, I'm saying it's not, like a, it's not like the Kazakhs where, you know, you know conceptually, if, if anything, they're actually very lenient on crime. So <laughs> that's, that's the question. So it's a shayla in the, in the, in the Paiskim. Rishon Mazama talks about it. But point is like this. Here's the case. Gavin calls the government on me. 
The government comes down, confiscates taxes. Do we have the same thing? I claim that because the, he has to pay me, by the way, he has to compensate me for what the government took away from me. That's the rules of Masira. Can I now do the same thing? If I make an oath, I claim they stole $1,500 from me. The government took $1,500 from me. Can I do the same thing? I make an oath, meaning that same takonis chazal to protect the victim. Did they do that my Masira as well? So, 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 so if somebody calls uh, the building department or something and somebody's, you didn't really, you weren't really excited. Theoretically. Yeah, you get involved. Conceptually, if the money was taken unlawfully and it was a violation of Masira, I'll say that. If it was a violation of Masira, yeah, you absolutely can take it to Besden. And by the way, if you do call the building department on someone and they do come and they create violations, you could definitely take them to Besden. Now, you may not win. Yeah, Besden has to decide that it was Masira. But if Besden decides that it was a full violation of Masira, you definitely can, can get your money back for sure. 100%. Even though the city has a rule against Again, you, they have to decide that it was Masira. I understand. Exactly, they'll get involved. Well, did what you do, is what you did a violation? Bum, 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 bum. The point is, if you're like Pat Dole, Pat Dolan, whatever his name was, yeah, right. uh, just go and calling, bum, 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 bum. yeah, you, the Besden can now, you could be taken to court and you have to compensate. So the question is, can the victim make, a, make an oath to say how much, and you'll have to give that amount. Or was this never extended to Masira? So the Gemara says, you're assuming that you can get your money back by Masira. Which we paskin you could, but it's actually a Shiloh. Because this is the Shiloh. Now, um, I'll do very, very quickly, because this is like, the Ramban wrote a whole sefer on this, called Dina de Garmi. Ramban wrote, it's called Kuntres uh, Ramban Dina de Garmi. It's, it's literally like 100 pages. Dina de Garmi. Grama, you don't have to pay for, right? Grama Benizakin, you don't go to court for a grama. Me calling the government and having them come down to Gavin's property and they confiscate ten thousand dollars, can can Gavin take me to Besden? Again, we paskin yes, but but the shaila about it, if it's a grama, no. The answer is, and what the difference is between grama and garmi is like a, literally the Ramban wrote a safer on it, so I'm, I'm definitely not getting involved. I don't I don't know well enough. Masira is not a grama. It's more related than a grama. There's like three different categories. There's like a grama, which is, uh, I don't know, like a grama is completely like a cause and effect. Like it's multiple steps. Like I open my window and then the cold wind comes and ruins your backyard. Like a completely unintentional grama, separate. We had a couple cases of, uh, of grama. I don't remember the, the cases. Chai uh, to Shemayim. Uh, Dovi would be very upset with me. It's been like three days. I don't even remember. But we had like a couple days of Chaim Yedin Yishamayim and Yerpatim Yedin Yadam. Do you guys remember any of the cases? Um, hold on one second. Just, just, It's just getting sad at this point. We literally did it three days ago. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Uh, um, sending a fire, sending a fire through a chayushay to v'katan, scaring your friend. Those are all grammas. Those are sending a uh, sending a fire through a chayushay to v'katan. I give a chayushay to v'katan a flame, and they go burn it down. That's a completely grama. It's like a completely step removed. Then you have mazik biyadai, and for sure you have to pay. Uh, Masira is called garmi. It's not a grama. But it's not biyadaim. It's more related. Calling the government and saying go get him, and they go down. It's more de- related than giving a cheirushet to a katan who doesn't know what they're doing, 
and they just burn it down. It's, it's, more, it's more cause, but not be a daim. It's called garmi. It's in between grama and be a daim. It's a machleikas tanoim, whether you are da in dina de garmi. This whole assumption of can you get your money back by making an oath and you decide how much money is owed to you when coming to Mesira is an assumption, and that is you can get your money back by Mesira. Bechlal. You could take the Moisa to court, which is assuming do'in dina de garmi. So the Gemara speaks it up. The Gemara says like this, if you, if you hold that you cannot take someone to court for a garmi, meaning you cannot get your money back by all Mesira, then the Shiloh doesn't start. If I can't get my money back at all by Mesira, you're definitely not making an oath to tell me the amount. The whole thing's not negaya. You can't get your money back from a miser. The shayla is like this. If you hold that you could take him to court, then the question is, then the question is, you could get your money back, but did we extend this kula of you could make an oath, claim the amount of money that was taken from you, and we believe you? That's the shayla teku. We, we don't know. So, okay, the Gemara has the following... Which part? We had a shayla of takonas nigzel b'moiser, which is that by Mesira, can you go to court and make an oath about how much money was owed to you and just accept it? And the question and the answer is take Take him. The Gemara says like this. Again, we're going to continue with this concept of, do, uh, of, uh, of uh, 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 what's the Lashen? Osu takonas nigzel. Takonas nigzel again means that in certain situations we allow you to just make an oath, make a claim for a certain amount, and then you'll uh, you'll be able to get paid back for that amount, and you don't have to procure witnesses or proof. So again, definitely by Gazela for sure. Talmud Beish also. Mesira uh, question. The Gemara says like this: There was a certain person. He kicked his friend's money box. His friend has a money box, a box where you keep you know keep money. He kicked it into the ocean. Okay, so you have to pay back for it. The guy claims, he says, well, in that money box, I had, uh, he says, Shadi uh, Benari, he throws into the river. Uh, he kicked into the river. The owner of the money box came to court. He says, I had such and such things. He claimed that there was such and such things. So is he believed? So, Ravashi is trying to figure out, do we believe the guy? Now, here's the problem. Isn't this like a class, this is the case, Gazela, or in this case Hezek, the guy destroyed my property without me knowing that this would happen. I thought we make a takana to protect the guy. So the Gemara says, Akasha, they said to Ravashi, isn't this like, like, like a posh thing based on the Mishnah de Tanan? Right, what's the halacha? If I burn down someone's house, I have to pay for what's in it. How do you know what's in it? The guy's going to tell me what's in it. <laughs> you know? And the answer is, we believe the guy. Meaning, why are we not believing this guy? The guy's money box was, you kick your guy's money box into the ocean, you're gonna, he's going he's gonna to claim what's in it. You're going to believe him. What was, what's the Shiloh? The answer is, this was the specific case. The case is not that he was claiming there was money in the money box. Yes, if he was claiming there's money in the money box and he says the amount, we'll believe him. What's the case? He claims that there was jewelry in the money box. Now the Shaila is, is it normal to leave jewelry in the money box? If it's normal, then we'll believe him. If it's not normal, 
We're not gonna, that was the case. He was claiming there were other contents that it's not normal to be there. And the Gemara says, My, me manchi in marganisa bekasva, is it normal to put jewelry in a money box? Aloy, teku, I'm not sure. So he doesn't claim Well, if you, I don't know how the teku ended, but probably not, yeah. Well, he doesn't claim, he can't claim the jewels. He's not going to get back. Well, that's for sure, but would he, I don't know, it's, uh... It has to do with normal. It also makes sense, right? Right, right, right. You, I, I destroy your dishwa- uh, dishwasher. You come into court and you're like, it was filled with gold. Right. I'm like, well, what do you mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, I filled with gold. I'm like, oh, come on, like, uh, come on. You're clearly, clearly trying to take, trying to take advantage. I don't know. I think some Jews hide gold in places. I think it depends maybe on a cultural thing. Yes. Like in the walls? Again, I think um, definitely like some Ashkenazim that are Holocaust survivors and some Svartim. But a lot of Ashkenazim, no. I don't, I, I, I don't think this is, a, um, I don't think it's because my parents are in Chinuch, but I don't think there's any gold like in the, in the walls. But I think you're right. In, in, in that culture, they claim that they left gold like in the toaster. All right. Or in the sofa. And the you know it's possible. Know. Yeah, it has to be. It has to do with what's normal. I guess you're right. Oh, such as that, such as in Shiloh. it's not as interesting. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, I'm gonna go. You open up your matches, full of cash. Anyway, the Gemara continues like this. The, the Gemara says. Look into the bank. It's also not there. The Gemara says like this: Amr le'ravada b'reidarava le'ravashi mabin gazlin. I'm sorry, I skipped a line. Amr le'ravyeimar le'ravashi. Let's say he claims, right, I burned down this guy's house, uh, this guy's tower. And the tower, by the way, that the Gemara was referring to wasn't really a house. It was more like a, like a grain silo, like uh, the tractors. He claims there was a golden cup there. So do we believe him? So the answer is, is it normal? You figure out, is it normal to leave gold there? It's like Mamash, the, the discussion we just had. The Gemara says, We look into it. First of all, forget about whether it's normal. We, we look into this guy. If this is a wealthy guy, that it's normal that he has a golden cup, fine. Or even if he's poor. If the guy's dirt poor and he claims to have, I had two Rolexes there. Like, come on. Like, there's no way you did. You just, it doesn't work with entire your life. It just doesn't, it doesn't work with everything else we know about you. But says the Gemara like this. If he's very poor, we don't believe him, unless he's very honest, in which case people might have left him as a shimer. In which case he wants it back because he doesn't want to be responsible. So if he's an honest guy, then we talk and believe him if he claims for gold because... It makes sense. The Gemara says, uh, Okay, just to finish up this. Over here, it's more normal to have a gold and silver cup in your house or in your tower. It's more normal. The point is that we look at the person also. We take it all into account. We do an investigation to try to figure out whether he's telling the truth. The Gemara says like this, just to finish up the Perik, the rest of the Perik is very easy. What's the difference between a gazela and Hamas? Hamas, in the terminology of the Tanakh, is someone who steals land and they pay for it. It's, it's, it's not accurate. The difference between Gazela and Hamas is Gazela just takes it. Hamas takes for, like, I'll just, like, I go to grab your car and I just throw money at you. And you're like, I, I, didn't, I don't want that. Like, it's mine now. So you're paying for it, but it's still Gazela. So the Gemara says, wait, wait a minute. If the, Hamas is where you throw the. You give the money. I say, uh, is that watch for sale? And you're like, no. And I'm like, well, give it to me. And I take it and I just. 
I throw the money at you. So I, it's a for sale. Now here's the question though. The Gemara says, but wait a minute, I thought a for sale is legitimate in halacha. Meaning, it's obviously the wrong thing to do, but it's considered a legitimate sale in halacha. So how could you say it's called Hamas, which is gazela? I thought it's. I thought it works. So the Gemara says, Amr le iyov demei chamsin karis le. Amr avuna dinner avuna taluya v'zav in zvine zvine. It's a famous Gemara that if you hang someone by, you know, you hold him by the neck and you say, sell it to me, sell it to me, sell it to me, and he says, okay, it's considered a good sale. So is it Hamas or is it a is it a legitimate sale? Halachically, it's considered a sale. He can't get his money back. So the answer is like Kasha. You go to the next page. The answer is it depends if when he is being hung on his head, does he say okay? Meaning the case of Hamas is where he, you say to the guy, are you selling your watch? No. You punch him in the face. You're like, still not selling it. You take it and throw the money at him. That's Hamas. But if you say, hey, are you selling your watch? No. And you punch him and he's like, fine, fine, fine. That's not Hamas. Hamas is where even after the the coercion, he's still not masking to the sale. That's, that's Hamas. Um, just to finish up the parak, gates if a blacksmith is hammering and a spark goes out and causes a fire, Chayev, he's obviously responsible because he should make sure that there's nothing flammable nearby. That's part of his responsibility. So it says the Mishnah, we had this before, if a camel that's filled with flax is walking Rishas and part of the flax enters into someone's shop, and it catches on a fire because inside the shop he had a lamp. Who's responsible? The gamel is chayev because the shopkeeper didn't do anything wrong. He had a candle in his store, which he's allowed to do. But says the Gemara, says the Mishnah, but let's say the chenveni left a, camel, a candle outside of his shop, so that's on him. He shouldn't be doing this. But ner chanak is potter because you're allowed to have a menorah outside. Now the Gemara says like this. You see from here, says the Gemara, Amar Ravina Meshe the Rava, you see from Rav Yehuda that says that if you left your Ner Hanukkah outside and a camel catches on fire, whatever, the, the flax on top of the camel catches on fire, the person who lit the menorah is potter. Why? Because I'm allowed to light menorah there. This, you see from here that you're supposed to light the menorah under Tenzvachim. Why? If you're allowed to light the menorah above Tenzvachim, there's a shayla of what's the proper spot for a menorah. If you believe that the menorah, there's no proper spot, it's anything under 20 Amis is fine. So let me ask you a question. Why did he, why did he, he left the menorah down here and the camel caught on fire. Oh, he's potter because he's allowed to leave it there. But if there's no proper spot for the menorah, why isn't he responsible to put it above camel height? It must be, you're supposed to put it under ten tefachim. And therefore, you might not do anything wrong. He's keeping the proper halacha. The Gemara says, Shmami no, you see from this Mishnah, it's a mitzvah for the Ner Hanukkah to be within 10 Tvachim to the ground, and therefore he had to put it on that spot. Why? Because if you think you could put the menorah above 10 Tvachim, why is the shopkeeper potter for putting the menorah there? Tell the shopkeeper, you should have put it above the camel. So you see the fact that he's potter means that you have to put it under ten tefachim. Shema mina, mitzvah nicha b'tech hasar. The Gemara says no. Really, you're allowed to put it above ten. Aye, if you're allowed to put it above ten, why don't we have a tain on the shopkeeper and say why didn't you put it above the camel's height? The answer is he's not responsible. Is he negligent? You're looking at it like you're looking at it the wrong way. If you're looking at it as like it's his job to anticipate a camel being there, you're right. He could he should have put it above there. His job is to not be negligent. Nobody who sees a menorah, let's say the menorah doesn't have to be 10 tefachim, it could be any, any within 20 amas, anything is kosher. He puts it there, that's fine. That's not negligent. 
He's keeping the mitzvah. He's not being matriach himself. He doesn't want to get a ladder. Okay, fine. Yeah, first you're like, oh, it must be within ten tzvachim because if it's above ten tzvachim, you should put it higher. No, even if it's above ten tzvachim, it's 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 a, a tircha. He didn't do anything wrong. The Gemara says, Really, you could be yotz the mitzvah putting above ten tzvachim. My amrit the boilach lanucha ma'elam begamav rech. Ah, you're gonna have a taina on the guy that you should put should have put the should have put the menorah um, higher than ten tzvachim. The answer is kuli hainloy etruch rabbanon. Chazal didn't want to be matriachim too much. Just to end the sugya, I'm Rakana Dorish Rav Nachman Rav Nosson by Menuim Meshay the Rav Tanchum Neir Chanukah Shinichal Amayla Meesrim Ama Psula Kesukah Vimavoi. If you put a Chanukah Menorah above twenty Amis, you're not Yoitza because it is too high. The same way, if a Mavoi, uh, the Erev by a Mavoi is too high, or a Sukkah above twenty Amis is too high, that's possible. Okay, Hadrulah Hakainus. Let's uh, start a new parak. This parak deals with the halachas. Uh, Kefel, which is if a, a, a robber is caught, he has to pay kefel, he has to pay double the amount. And dalad vehe, dalad vehe is that if he steals a sheep or an ox and he slaughters it or sells it, he has to pay four or five times the amount. Says the Mishnah, Meruba midas tashlume kefel midas tashlume arba vehe. The punishment of kefel is more wider, is more inclusive, there's more cases where kefel will happen than dalad vehe. Why? Mishemidas tashlume kefel neheges. Because kefal applies in all situations, whether it's an animal, right? Kefal applies if you stole an animal, and kefal applies if you stole a laptop. Kefal just means any item that is stolen, you have to pay double. But, Dalit Vehei, only applies to sheep and oxen alone. It does not apply to other inanimate objects. And therefore, it's not as uh, wide of a, a punishment. Okay. One more. Let's say Gavin steals from me, and then I... St- no, okay, so stupid. Gavin steals from me, and then my father steals from Gavin. Only Gavin has to pay kefal, not my father. Only the original Ganav, not the one who stole from the Ganav. Okay? And Similarly, if Gavin steals a sheep from me, and then my father steals it from him and slaughters it, my father does not have to pay Dalit Vehe. Only if it's stolen from the original victim, but not stolen from a thief. Uh, the laws of dal- kefal and Dalit Vehe do not apply if he stole it from a thief. Okay, we'll get to that in a moment. Only if what he's stealing had been stolen. Correct. Correct, yeah. So, the Gemara points this out, one thing, and I think this is the end of the sugya. We said in the Mishnah that kefal is wider than dalad vehe. Why? Because kefal applies to inanimate objects as opposed to animals. Dalad vehe only applies to sheep and an ox. Says the Gemara, why don't, so the Mishnah is trying to describe differences between kefal and dalad vehe. I have another one. The Gemara says, What about the following one? Why don't you mention this? And that is, Toyentinus Ganef, right? Let's say I ask you to watch a laptop. And then I say, hey, can I get it back? And you're like, it was stolen. And you were proven to be a liar, and you stole it, you have to pay kefal. Okay, that's Pasha, that's called Toyentinus Ganef. What about if I give you a sheep to watch, and then I say, hey, where is it? You're like, oh, it was stolen. And then a week later, I found that not only did you steal it, you slaughtered it. The, the Mishnah assumes, the Gemara assumes, that there is no Dalad Vehei. So that's an example where there's kefal and no dalad vehe. So why didn't the Mishnah mention that? 
Right? The Mishnah is looking for cases where kefel applies without dalad v'hei. And it said kefel applies without dalad v'hei by inanimate objects as opposed to animals. Why not this? Toyentain is gone if you have kefel, but you don't have dalad v'hei. If the shoimer claims that there was, if the shoimer claims that he stole, the, that it was stolen, and he was proven to be the thief, he pays kefel, but he doesn't pay dalad v'hei. Oh. So why is it in the Mishnah? You see from here, there is Dalad Vehei by Toyin Meaning, mean, the fact that it's not listed means that if a, sh- a per- Shoimer claims that it was stolen and he's proven to be a liar, he pays Kefal, and he pays Dalad Vehei. That's why it's not in the Mishnah. The Mishnah is looking for cases where Kefal applies and not Dalad Vehei. The fact that it omitted this means that Toyin Tainas Ganef, you pay Kefal, and Toyin Tainas Ganef, and Dalad Vehei, you pay Dalad Vehei as well. It, there is, it's not listed because it's not an example where Kefal applies and not Dalad Vehei. Both apply. The Gemara says, you see from here, this is a proof to If a Shoimer claims that it was stolen, he's proven to lie. He pays Kefil. And if after it was proven that he lied, he had we found out that he also slaughtered the animal, then he pays the al so that's the evolution of the Gemara. The fact that it's not listed as an example of uh, of uh, of, uh, of a case that is omitted means that it's not it's not the exception; it's the rule, and therefore kefal applies, and so does dalvehe. Ikadamri some have a slightly different version. Instead of uh, deduction, they just try to bring a proof. Our mission should be approved. Our mission should be approved because Rav Chibarab said that Tainan is ganav pays kefal and dalvehe. And our Mishnah, which doesn't list that as the exception, proves it. And the Gemara says, no, Mikatani in Bain, Katani Tan Bashar. No, maybe Rukhibarab is wrong. Maybe there is no Dalad Vahey. I, if there's no Dalad Vahey, why isn't in the Mishnah? Okay, the Mishnah didn't list everything. The Mishnah didn't say Ain Bain, which like it had to say. The Mishnah is Tan Bashar. Okay, I don't know. Uh, let's just start the Gemara and then we'll stop. The Gemara says like this We said in the Mishnah that Kefal applies to inanimate objects and, and animals as opposed to Dalad Vahey. How do I know this? How do I know that kefal applies to everything? Well, the Tanur Abonon, the Pasuk says regarding kefal, al kol dvar pesha, which is a klal, al shor, al chamor, al sev, al salma, you pay for a donkey, a sheep, an ox, or a, like a blanket, that's a prat, al kol aveda, klal, klal pratu klal, iata danel chena prat, ma prat meforish davar metalta v'gufa imamen, Klal Pratum Klal means that it's very inclusive, but it excludes certain categories. So it's very inclusive, and that means that Kefal applies to everything, both animals and non-animals. Mahaprat, what does it exclude? It excludes something. The only thing it is, it has to be Gufoy Mamet, it has to have intrinsic value, and it has to be Davramitalto, something that moves. Kefel applies to something that moves and has intrinsic value. That's it. And that's, you learn out from the Klau Prat Oh, so what does it not apply to? The house. Oh, so Yotsu Karkois, it has to move. So that excludes buildings, homes, land. We also said, and also Avadim, because Avadim are considered Karka. And it also said it has to have intrinsic value. That excludes Shtaris. A Shtar does not have intrinsic value. A Shtar is a proof of value it's not it doesn't have a, in, inherent value of the value itself oh so yotu shtaris it's interesting um yeah the answer is while it doesn't have market value for that no one buys a uh, a star uh, to to wipe up the table 
So it doesn't have uh, inherent value on its own, and therefore it's just it's a reference to value. You can't buy a used check. What's the what's the what's the Correct, but the Gemara assumes that this is not considered value, at least for these discussions. And Guvamamon, and Yatsa Hegdish, and also excludes Hegdish because it says Reyeu. Now, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll stop here. We'll pick it up tomorrow. We'll pick it up tomorrow because it's going back and forth in Cheshmer. Uh,